Welcome to RSS, the revolutionary sports front, your dirty, nasty, and controversial sports talk podcast for all things Detroit sports and sports worldwide. Here are your hosts, Tony, Joey, Frank, and Gerard, four lifelong friends born and raised in South Detroit. but I'm not just going to go into the shed and put a bullet in my brain like what you're saying. I'm not going to do it. So I'm not doing it yet. I'm not doing it yet. Five, four, three, two, one, go. Episode 35 of the Revolutionary Sports Front. Happy Saturday. Happy Wild Card Saturday, people. Uh, Tony Preston to my left, Jerry Preston to my right, Joe, as always, via satellite from Seattle, which we're going to talk about. Um, what a day. Uh, what, what a, a lot has occurred in the last, what, it has been a week and a half, boys? Yeah, we're in a new year now. New year. Happy New Same Year, old by assholes. the way. It's already January 7th, and it's, it's flying Jesus. by. Time flies by. But Happy New Year's, Happy Holidays to the listeners, and we got a lot to discuss. And it's going to start... With a little selfish endeavor by me, and I'm going to talk a little bit about Seattle. Okay, everybody wants to talk about how tough it is to go to Seattle and play, and I get it. The stadium was built, I believe, as the story goes, it was built by an astronaut or someone from NASA. The the sonic vortex and the way it's built, it's loud, okay? I get it. But beyond that... The 12th man. The 12th man, right. But beyond the, the noise... Yeah, that wasn't original either. Beyond the noise... I ain't scared to go to Seattle, okay? It's not going to be that cold. And I just was in Se- Joe can attest to this. I, uh, there's sirens going on. But um, I just was in Seattle not two months ago. Not two months ago I was in Seattle with Joe, which was a wonderful time. But I got a chance to see downtown Seattle. And it's nothing but a bunch of hipsters. It's granola bars. It's sandals. It's long hair. It's people that don't wear deodorant. It's a bunch of hipsters. So you tell me you line up a bunch of hipsters inside a big building and get them loud. I don't really care. Newsflash. Stafford's a pretty smart guy. I don't care about his middle finger. Okay? He could do a silent count. He's pretty smart. He's an all-American. He knows how to operate a silent count. And I'll tell you what. The Seattle of now is not the Seattle of three years ago. We're going to get into it first. But they're not the same team. There's no Earl Thomas. There's no Chancellor. There's no Legion of Boom. I think we match up well. Besides us not being at home and being in a loud environment with a bunch of hipsters, I think we got a shot. And that's what we're going to start off with. We're also going to talk about some sweet fights that happened. We're going to talk about a little bit of hockey, all kinds of sports. But we're starting with, the, with Wild Card Saturday with the Detroit Lions, and we'll get into the Packers. So dive in. But I'm saying Seattle's soft. Joe, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think, I think Seattle's there. one of those cities in the corner of the country where like everyone was like, hey, let's take all the cowards and pieces of shit and put them in that corner of the country because uh, that's pretty much what Seattle is. It's crap. Joe, you live in Seattle. Uh, Temporarily. Uh, I'm stationed in Seattle. There's a difference. Uh, I don't know. This guy's seesawing his way from Washington. No, no, let him go. Jeez. Oh, I seesaw. I'm pretty I'm pretty firm on the topic right now. Bash him. No, I mean, Seattle, Seattle's a shithole. We got it. Uh, too many homeless. Um, the, the mayor's a dumbass. Anyways, uh... Yeah, I, I think I think Frank, you, you kind of hit on the head with, with one of those comments, and just in regards to football, I'm kind of done bashing Seattle. Let's get back to sports here. But okay. Seattle is not the team that they were three years ago. I mean, they're not. 
Uh, they've got a few holes. I think Earl Thomas is out. Um, yep. they, they, they're missing a, a big-time uh, deep-threat receiver in Lockett. So they, they've got some injuries themselves they got to deal with. A terrible um, offensive line. Yeah, the offensive line is abysmal, and they, they, they've been creating plays off of uh, off of Russell Wilson's uh, who's had you know, three injuries mobility. Who, who's had some injuries, so that's why they kind of struggled uh, in the first few games of the year is because he wasn't able to move around. He's, he's he's healed up a bit though. He's he's definitely a lot better than he was at the beginning of the year, but um, it's it's not going to be like um, it's it's not going to be that easy. And so what I what I think the Lions really have to do in this game, if they've done a good job the last two games of doing this, is coming out hard, keeping the game even or, or getting ahead. The only thing is, uh, at, at the end of the second quarter or, or you know the third and fourth quarter, they they can't fall apart. And I so believe what, by the numbers, it's a third quarter where they keep getting killed. Well, yeah, I was so, going to say so, before before Jerry jumps in, because I, I can see him, he's chomping. He, Jerry's ready to dive in hard. But I just want to say, first of all, eight and a half points, which I believe is the spread, is a, a tremendous amount of points. I think that is way too much. Second of all, to your point, Joe, I think that the Lions, yes, keep it close. But also to what Jerry was about to say, I'm, I think he's going to finish it, is the second half, the third quarter, the, the adjustments, man. If you're going to play good teams, you're going to have to adapt and adjust during the game, and that's just something the Lions haven't done against good teams. And now we're in the 12-man tournament, and it's time to do that, and you got to make adjustments. I don't care if Seattle – I do believe it is a good matchup. I'm going to stand by that all show, but you still got to make adjustments at half against good teams. you got to give Seattle a lot of respect, and you got to adjust well, at half. What's kind of bothersome, you know, as, I guess if you're a Detroit fan, is that it's not that they're not making the adjustments. It's they're getting away with what got them to that point in the game. Like the, I think uh, the running game was pretty successful against Green Bay there for a while. And then the second half, I, I saw fewer and fewer runs. And Dallas and, too, yeah. And and, and, da- and Dallas as well. Like, yeah. uh, you know, you know, Mark was on the last show and he was telling me, he's you know, that running back was gashing him. And then he saw the running back get a handoff three times and a half. Yeah, I mean, got three you know, yards where, where, in the second half versus Dallas. I'm not sure what the stats are against the Packers, but I know it was really low. Yeah, and so, and so it's like, where where does the running game go? You're not setting up the pass. You're, you're eliminating any play-action ability there because uh, no one's going to respect the run if you ain't doing it. You know I mean? So you got, you got you to pick a plan and stick with it and stay the course. Uh, game, games have ups and downs no matter what you do. Uh, if, you, if, if you stay the course, you know, plan your dive and dive your plan, uh, you know, you, you, you probably end up being better than just getting away from it altogether. I would say to the Lions' advantage would be instead of instead of doing what they've been doing with set up set up the pass with the run, I would say set up the run with the pass. I think that'd be the better option to go. But hey, I'm just I'm I'm, I'm you know I'm that's just, fine. I would say start with the pass, and then then go to the run. Do what do what got you there, man. I mean this this running it on first down thing. Zenner was all right. It was cute, man. I'm not sure how that's going to fly against that pass rush in the D line of Seattle. Someone else, please talk. It's not a. The D-line isn't that ferocious. When the Packers played Seattle a couple weeks ago and uh, Russell Wilson turned it over five times, Ty Montgomery was, Ty Montgomery was gashing him all day. I think the problem you got to look at here is Stafford's going to have to play out of his mind to win. That's just the way it's going to be. That's the only option. Stafford's going to have to muster about 75% of what Rodgers put on the field last Sunday night. And if he can do that, they have a real shot. And, Frank, when you say you like this matchup, given the options – Nobody likes going to Seattle this time of year, but given your options, going to Atlanta, going to Dallas, going to Green Bay, or having the Giants come there, 
they're all equally bad, and the Seattle actually does look like the best option in this scenario. I know, and it's tough. It's tough as a Lions fan because you think, oh, they lo- they lost out. We just did the backup music to intro the show in case anyone didn't pick up on that. We backed into the playoffs. That's what that meant. And it, it, it's tough to say, but it is true. I'm it, besides the home thing, and I already told you how I feel about Seattle as a, as a city in the twelfth. I man. don't feel that way about Seattle, by the way. I actually love the city of Seattle. I had a great time when I was there, but I hate Russell Wilson. With well, a, you're an ass. Passion but anyways, a thousand sons. But you're yeah. a borderline hipster, aren't you, Gerard? Yeah, you you fit right in over there, don't you, Gerard? But I've been in everywhere, man. <laughs> wow, card. But um, <laughs> no, Jerry didn't bring his cosmetic bag with deodorant. No, I'm just saying. So, the, besides the twelfth man thing, I don't know, man. You tell me. Uh, the, the I think the Packers they have an advantage of being at home with that weather. I mean, the Giants play outside too, man. But yeah, of course, I would love to play at Ford Field, man. But all the matchups that are out there, like you just said, in this twelve-person tournament or twelve-team tournament, I like the one we're at. I think we we're picking yeah. the right fight. I think uh, Peyton Manning said it best. I was watching; they were doing a little special on his Super Bowl run, and they this they're talking. All the interviewers were asking him in the week up to the game, like, "What would you rather have here? Like, you're playing Brady for a chance for the Super Bowl. This is it, bud." And he's like. What do you mean? I'd rather be playing the Raiders. Weren't they 2-14? and 14? Yeah, given the option, it'd be nice if we were rolling the Cleveland Browns into town. I'm a Lions fan today, by the way. But it's not. And I think this is the best option. And I think Seattle is beatable. The Lions lost their last three, but Seattle's 3-3 three and three in their last six. Yeah, Seattle and had a very... And they were down 14-3 to, to San Francisco. Now, now, correct me if I'm wrong. I was with you. We were, we were watching the Lions game uh, that Sunday night when they played the Packers, but... That game against Frisco had some value, right? Yeah, they lost, and the Packers won. They would have been the fourth seed. You'd be going to— um, They did win, though, by like, by like one, right? Yeah, they two, ended up winning by 25-23. If San Fran pulled it off, you'd be going to Green Bay. And, and Frisco is pretty much Cleveland. Pretty damn close. Okay. I'll give you that. So, yeah, and they yeah, they did go yeah, in— Yeah, if Cleveland would have won and uh, San Francisco would have lost, San Francisco would have got the number one all— Overall pick over Cleveland. Okay, well they both. I don't, we don't, we don't injury, talk about them. Here. Injuries have lo- loomed hu- huge here for the Seahawks. Like we're not going to get too far into it, but they play a basic cover three defense. Earl Thomas has the middle third of the field allegedly, but he's so fast. If he was in there, he covers more than that. that yeah, they put him that's by himself. What allows back there. Sherman to just cover basically the fifteen yards from the sideline. And then Cam Chancellor comes down. It's a one-two tandem. And the fact of the matter is, there isn't probably another safety in the league that can do what Thomas does. Okay, so they're not there, and you just brought it up. So let's talk about it. So who's okay? So Sherman is a lock. He's going to cover one guy. Who's going to cover Marvin Jones? Yeah, he's been getting locked up all season yeah, since the Marvin. fourth week. He'll be on so Marvin cares? Jones, single coverage. Ebron's going to have to have a big day. You're going to need to find some kind of running game. I, I don't even know who they're without Earl Thomas and Chancellor. I don't even. I'm not even sure who their defensive backs are. Yeah, Chancellor. At, I thought Chancellor was out. No, he's in. Chancellor's in? Yeah, yeah. just Thomas. So it's Earl Thomas out? Okay. Yeah, and then the Lions that's, that's got uh, Travis Swanson out. Riley Reeves, a game-time Riddick. decision. Yeah. You know of the yeah. Packers, but Jared Cook probably has got about 85% of the talent of Eric Ebron. And Jared Cook was gashing them on some swing plays, out plays. They could learn a lot from the Packers-Seahawks game. Marvin Jones, yeah. they gotta, they're going to have to play better. And you brought up Stafford, and that's that's the biggest point of the whole the whole topic of this segment is, is Matt Stafford. If you're a Lions fan, this is a Lions-based show. Stafford has got to play. No, it isn't. Well, for, I mean, one other thing for the that I people. think Go the ahead. Lions could learn from the Packers and playing the Seahawks is, yeah, Richard Sherman's a lockdown corner, but he only plays one side of the field. So a few That's, years yeah. ago, they burned him on the first touch on the game. Well, a few years ago when the Packers played the Seahawks to start the season, 
they put their fourth string receiver out there with Sherman on him and just basically went, well, he's our fourth string. We're not going to throw to him anyway. And let their other three top three receivers eat up that secondary. Yeah. Well, that's a blueprint. I mean, that's, that was a long time ago, but it, it could happen. Stafford's going to have to play out of his mind today. At the bottom That's the line. point that I was making. Stafford's going to have to play, and I can't believe it's even today. It doesn't even feel like today. But, um, yeah, he's going to have to ball out, man. He's going to have to be a gangster. He's going to have to go out there and do his thing. He's going to have to score better. more than two touchdowns to the air. And he's going to have to score in the second half. He's going to have to do a lot of things. I don't think we really want to be coming down to these two-minute comeback. I think it needs to be a little bit more decisive. The thing is, I think it actually favors you because it probably will be a low-scoring game. Seattle doesn't put a lot of points. The Lions just don't score points this season. That's their problem. Anytime they face a team that can come in and score 30, they're done. That's just the way it is. So let's go around. I, I truly... And Before I'm not, we go around, I'd like to make one more point, and that's that Seattle's offensive line is pretty porous, and Lions have their own struggles. So the Lions' pass rush, which has been non-existent this year, I think Ziggy has two sacks maybe. They have to get after the quarterback. They what, about, have to, what about Hyder? What about Hyder? What does he have, four? They went the entire month of November without a sack. This yeah, offensive line stinks. I like Hyder. The thing is, you can't just rush right at Russell Wilson. You have to collapse the pocket around him, maybe bring somebody off the edge, something. It's but- the same way you got to rush any mobile quarterback. It's the same way you rush Cam Newton. you got to keep contain so that way you don't break to the middle and then he's running out on the edge. One well, the thing, thing about contain is you can't really – you don't want to contain because it just wastes, it wastes someone. You I think that Aaron Rodgers will prove to be more mobile than, than Russell Wilson last game than he, Russell Wilson will be this game. Well, he's more dangerous throwing, but the other thing is that does benefit the Lions before we make our picks. That secondary isn't necessarily great, but they can cover pretty well, and the Seahawks receivers aren't good. They haven't spent a lot of money. And remember early in the season, we talked about how tight ends were just getting wide open on the Lions? They've locked that up. Yep. That's, I don't know if you guys know out there. That's linebackers. That's tackling. Yeah, but they Which, I mean, is good because they're— I mean, that's their one weapon. Let's think about Yeah, Jimmy Graham is the Seattle tight end. Okay, so I stand true. I'm going to go around now. I stand truly by the fact that I think Seattle is not the 12th man it was before as far as being on the road. I think that they're broken a little bit. I think this is a good matchup for the Lions. It will be a tough game. I do not discredit them in any way, but I think the Lions have a very good chance to win. I think we're due. I think Stafford's going to play very well. I think the Lions are going to win 24-20. to 20. Tony? You're taking Lions 24-20? Yep. I mean, I think it will be closer than the spread, but uh, I would go probably because uh, Lions last few weeks have actually done pretty decently on offense, so I'd go 27-24 Seattle. But I really hope the Lions win because, I mean, I'm a Lions fan. But well, Good for you. Hot take, Tony. What do you got out there in Seattle, Joe? Yeah, so, what, what's wow. the word in the street, Joe? What's the word on the well, street? Well, they probably think they're going to be dickdancing.com all over you. Uh, so so here's the deal. Well, the um, fans wear deodorant? No, they don't, man. Come on. Okay. Hey, uh, <laughs> so, you know, I... I'm not going to... I'm not saying this because I'm, I'm trying to say I told you so. Uh, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just trying to make a point, so... Don't nobody freak That's out. That's never good. When, when, when start I, by saying when I, that. When I picked the Lions, when I picked the Lions to lose out in the season, it was on three teams that were rolling hot and heavy. And I and laughed I, at you. I, I felt I felt that the Giants, the Giants were, were making a pretty big push. Their defense was pretty pretty damn good. I felt the the Cowboys were going to roll until Game 16, and then I and then the Packers were obviously uh, on a quest to finish out and make the playoffs. And, and they're they're all. Uh, 
you know, very good teams. And I, I, I felt like the Lions were just kind of not, not going to be able to do it. Right. So, but here, here's the difference is now they're playing a team in Seattle where uh, obviously up here that that's all they ever have on the, on the, on the TVs, no matter where you go. Um, they, they just don't look the same like they did around mid season when they're at home blowing some people out you know they had that home game against la they blew them out they had a home game against uh uh who was it um they i don't know they 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 were they were making things happen on on home field and uh and then come the arizona cardinals a a few weeks ago with a team that's like five and six or something like that and the cardinals just destroy them destroy that defense i mean there's like there's a point where they're trying to come back and then the Cardinals throw two passes and they're in field goal range and win the game. Like, how, how does that happen? Uh, and so I think without Earl Thomas, without that leader on defense and, and his physical abilities, uh, there is a major, major gap that the Lions need to exploit. And I think because it's in the secondary and because that secondary is just not the same without him, uh, the Lions, with their quarterback and their receiving core, will be able to exploit that gap. Um, I think about the Vikings and how the Lions were able to beat them and, uh, and and that great secondary that they were able to overcome. Frank, like you said, I was actually going to get to it later, that the passing game is going to have to set up the run, and I think that's what you got to do against Seattle. you gotta, you got to gash up that secondary. you got to force them to play more. Early. Give, give, that, give them some help back there because they're realizing, shit, we don't have – not having Earl Thomas right now really sucks. And then that's going to open up the box, put center up down the middle, wear down that defensive line. Um, and so that affects their pass that, that uh, affects the pass rush a little bit. And, and then, then there you go. Uh, I'll tell you what, I think Frank, you already made your prediction. I'm gonna make mine. Okay. I think the lion, I think the lions are going to pull, pull one out of their hat. Yeah. I think, I think it's going to be 24, 14 Detroit. All right. I, I like what your guys' heads are at. I understand like you Beautiful obviously pick. want the pass to set it up, but that's an opportunistic secondary, so you got to be careful going out there and trying to sling the ball around a bunch of times with Stafford. He's thrown a couple well, of picks. No in the one last said couple sling weeks. except not, you. Not sling it around. No, no one said that except you, Gerard. All I'm saying is it's going to be more of a chess match than it's going to be an up and down the field type of game. But I don't think Seattle's lost at home in the playoffs since they've won the Super Bowl and they had that little run there. We've already. Oh, go ahead. Okay. Make your prediction. Make your prediction. It's not but the same. All team, good Gerard. things in life come to an end. Okay. All right. I forgot your line. I have a deep. Deep hatred for Russell Wilson. I have to call him persona non grata if I said that right. All right. I hate the man. He ruined my senior year at state. Well, he ruined one day. I hate him. I don't like him. I don't think he's good at quarterback. He can't throw. His hands are small. How about that pass to Golden Tate? For no logical reason, other than the fact that the Lions have just haven't won a playoff game in 20 years, they're going to win this time. We're they due. have to. We're due, baby. We're you know, due. library books have to go back. The Lions are eventually going to get a win in the playoffs. They're going to get stopped next week by Dallas. Oh, no. I'll well, be rooting well, they, for them next week, too. They have, but They have the refs, but we'll, we'll see about that when it comes. No, I'm going Lions 17. Russell Wilson falls short trying to get him down the field for the last touchdown, 17-10. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Low scoring game. Three to one show. Tony's the only nerd that picked the Seahawks. Loser. Wow. Hey, I like it. Okay. So that's awesome. So there's no getting around it. We do have to talk about the other team across the pond. Um, I'm looking at Jerry to my right right now to give you guys a visual. One of these days we're going to do Facebook Live, by the way. 
Uh, but Gerard's wearing his Packers beanie with his little, little, little fluffy little knitted hat on top. Very nice. So what's going on? And the, we had a showdown on Monday night or Sunday night, and uh, the Packers won the North. They're coming in hot. But they got a, a Giants team <clears throat> that's beaten the Cowboys twice. Um, their only two losses. They're, uh, they're coming in hot. That defense could be one of the best in the NFL right now. Offense, not so much, but Eli, he's got some magic in his blood in the playoffs. I know we're not here to talk about the past, but uh, he's got some magic in his blood about the playoffs. He's won there a few times. What's going on with the Packers? Are they going to win or what? Well, the Giants' defense has been playing well. They're actually number one in points allowed since week six. They're tied with the Patriots. I believe they've held their opponents Before under we look 10. too far forward, I will give it a good stat real quick. I'm building the Giants up to make you sound better with your because I know you're going to pick the Packers. Three of their last four games, they've held their opponents to less than 10 points. Okay, so there you go. I'm teeing you up, Gerard. Okay, thank you. I will eventually pick the Packers, no surprise here, but I'd like to talk a little bit about what happened in the last three games, last six games of the season, really, with Aaron Rodgers. And somewhere he found, I mean, some analyst in Green Bay stole my take, but when he hurt his calf and he hurt his hamstring, I think I said it on this, he had a he found his quick passing again, and that set up the run, which then set up the play action, which then that sets up the improv. You know what I mean? You can't just he all the first ten games of the season he was going straight improv. What we saw on Sunday night was magic in a bottle. You know, just okay. Be tread soft, I can't hear too much. You can't get. Too I know. I know you try to this. skip over the game, Frank. But what we saw. Don't- the Just question is, has the far. magic ran out? Does Rodgers have enough to get past this secondary? And can the Packers defense muster any kind of effort? They're just promoted some receiver who switched to cornerback from the practice squad because they're so inept. And they already got Gunter out there. Gunter's a practice squad player. Uh, yeah, I think uh, Odell Beckham's going to have a great day the, against the Packers. The, the, and the, don't forget about Shepard. The only time I liked Dom Keeper's defense all season long was when they played the Giants. They literally just played a two-man shell because the Giants' deep offensive line isn't very good. They knew they could stop the run with just four, and they just played a two-man under pretty much the whole game. That's pretty much what they're going to have to do on Odell, but at least they're used to it because doing it with Calvin. The only problem is Sam Shields has a concussion, and he used to be the Calvin guy. So it is, it is tenuous, not to mention... One Eli Manning is five and zero in the playoffs on the road since two thousand seven. Both times beating my Green Bay Packers in just horrendous fashion. Brett Favre threw a pick and then and going then they, to eventually beat the playoffs or beat the uh, Patriots in the Super Bowl. That is true. Eli has something in his blood where when it gets a little cold outside, he really can gas you. But just like you know, the Lions, they're due. Rodgers is due for a big game at Lambeau under the lights. I don't know if it's going to be dark. It's going to be 3.30 Central. I got the Packers by 11, 31 to 20. I mean. 31 to 20? Eli Manning does share some uh, genetics with uh, another quarterback, uh, Peyton Manning. Good one. Um, so, all right, Jer, I love your passion. And there's no getting around what the, what the Packers did to the Lions on Sunday night, man. They, they took them to school against some adversity, man. They had safeties playing corner. One, one second. What? Well, you're fast you already People are talking about Dak Jesus. Prescott for MVP. When Rodgers stunk when he was 4-6, and six, he had 25 touchdown passes. Dak Prescott didn't get to 25 all season. Not to mention, when the Packers' defense held the opponent under 30 points, the Packers were 10-1 this season. Okay, you made your prediction, Jerry. You already campaigned All I'm saying is them. I don't think the Giants' offense is going to put up over 30 points. That's why I think that. I, I forgot to say I it. I'm sorry. All right. 
So, all right. You, yeah, I got my car running. That's a good point. got my car running. You just took a bat to the windshield. But, all right, hold on. Well, Aaron Rodgers took a bat to the whole city of Detroit last week. I was going to get to that. I was going to praise him a little bit. But now I'm going to hear to burst your bubble. And you just got me a little hot. Okay? Hot, so, heavy. So, in my despite what, what the Lions, what happened with the Lions and the Packers, okay? They had safeties playing corner. They had some guy named Geronimo out there catching balls. Uh, that I've never even heard of. And Rodgers was dancing around. You call it improv, which I think is a little bit strange, but it, it makes sense, so go. we'll run with that. It, doing a lot of improv, quick throws. They were doing good. But I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to burst your bubble a little bit here, man. That Giants defense is no joke. Okay, they're the only, there's a reason why they beat the Cowboys twice. There's a reason why they beat us up 17-6. to I was at your family Christmas party. There's a reason why they had a meaningless game and went out there and stopped a team that was trying to make the playoffs in a division rivalry game That's against really Washington. Point, there is, they are a very good team. Their defense is solid, okay? And I don't care what you say about Eli. He's kind of a dork. He's not as good I as Peyton. I love Eli Manning. I don't. He's not very good, I don't think. But bottom line, he's got Shepard. He's got Odell Beckham Jr. They got Jank. I mean, dude, they have got some killers on offense. Uh, the running back is, has struggled, but he's coming to life a little bit. Dude, I'm sorry, man. If, you're, if your secondary is as depleted as it was, and I think the Lions did an awful job of not exploiting it. That was their golden opportunity to win the North and exploit that secondary. It ain't getting any better, dude. You just mentioned some wide receiver getting put at corner. It ain't going to get better, man. You got a, a two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback, despite what you want to say about him, going against him. You got killers at receiver, and you got a defense that's given up less than 10 points in the last, three out of the last four games that they're coming in hot, dude. The Packers are going to get rolled. They're going to lose, dude. I'm sorry, and they're going to lose at home I real don't bad. I think you're right at all. I think Eli is not the same Eli that came in there and rolled them in 2011 or 2012, whenever it was. It was Packers are too beat up, man. They're going to get killed. I'm sorry. They're going to lose by at double At the end of the digits. day, the Giants can't score enough points to keep up with the Packers. The Packers' offense just has to score. And when they did play, the Giants had two Against the defense crucial that interceptions. doesn't give up points. But Eli Manning is averaging the shortest amount of yards per pass attempt in his career. He checks Odell it down. Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham Shepherd. Jr. got one touchdown in the game when they played last time, and I know it was a little bit different. It's way different. It's the frozen tundra, man. It's going to be like negative five. You aren't going to be passing. You just yes, aren't. They, 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 dude, they got the field heated. They, come on, man. It, 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 it's NFL, man. They're professionals. I think, the, I think the Giants roll them, man. I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's my prediction. I think they get rolled. I mean, we're talking the battle of the frat boy quarterbacks here and Eli Manning and Aaron Rodgers. That's pretty funny, actually. Keep going. But uh, one thing I will say, while Aaron Rodgers may be a member of Teak, he's only an honorary member. He was, he did not pledge. Like what Eli Manning. What are you talking about? Eli Manning we're, pledged we're Sigma Nu. He went through pledging. Much tougher process than just being an honorary if member. If you want to break Tony, down the specifics of Tony. the Greek system on Wild Card Saturday, Tony, you get your own podcast, all right? Yeah, you got to make a point here. Quick. No, one, no one cares about dudes smacking each other with paddles and all the that. The end of the story shit. is Eli Manning got something shoved up his ass or something. Keep going. I mean, I'm about to get to my fucking point. You guys are just fucking yell at me. This is a fucking well, no weekly occurrence. Go ahead. Just don't talk about the Greek system. But I was what I was saying is I mean pledging is a tough process gives Eli Manning my edge in toughness so that's why he doesn't bother by the cold, even though he's from the south. So I'm taking Eli Manning and the Giants to keep rolling. Bro, this ain't normal cold, dude. It's if they give it's me, Lambo, it's dude. He lives in fucking New York. <laughs> they play at MetLife. It's nowhere near as cold as gonna be in Green Bay. It's gonna be like negative ten. So all of a sudden, what does that what does that mean? And you have to rely on the run game. The Giants' run game sucks. Yeah, why? and they have. 
Under Armour thermals on. Unless you're Tom Brady and deflating balls, it's almost impossible to throw balls in the cold weather. Rogers like practices it all the time. He goes. Yeah, Eli Manning's done it before. So a two times, not in this cold weather. So a two-time Super Bowl champion with world-class receivers can't can't throw a ball in a professional league. That's apparently what Jerry's saying. He dusts it all the time. He almost missed Odell and touchdown against the Lions. You guys are making Eli out to be. I love Eli Manning. I'll defend him to my end. He's got twice talking, the amount of rings as Rogers. Oh, cool. David okay. Tyree, glue on and his I can say fucking Aaron Rodgers from California, so it's not a normal type of cold, so he can't throw the ball either. Aaron Rodgers practicing it all week. He's done it all season. And Jerry, yeah, the bottom line is the professionals. This isn't the Dolphins. I get the Packers, this isn't the Dolphins Before coming Mike in. Vick came in and blew up Brett Favre, the Packers were like 25-1 and one in Lambeau in the 2000s or some shit like that when it was under 30 degrees, and since then they're like 500 or some crap. But then None the of day, that matters. Who would you rather have? Who would you rather have under center? I would rather have the Giants football team than the Packers football the, team. It's going to be the Giants defense versus Rodgers. It's not going to be Eli versus the Packers defense. But you're discrediting two great receivers, man. Shepard was a stud in college. He's a stud rookie. And you're just, OBJ went on his game as arguably one of the best receivers in football. And you just you brush him under the rug. Like, just because it's nine degrees out, they're not going to matter. It's going to come down yeah, to the man, run game. I, That's ridiculous. I, I, I don't know. I, it, it, I don't know if it's so ridiculous. Quarterbacks throw footballs pretty hard. And that thing that, I mean, you got to think about the football itself. It's going to be solid. And your hands, I mean, you know how it gets, man. Your fingers get numb in the winter. I mean, dude. Yeah, like, I know how it gets, but I'm not a pro. I'm not OBJ or Shepard. Green Bay calling right now. Humans, man. Like, they got gloves on, Joe. You know this. Them supplies, man. The Marines, would you think just because uh, it was cold outside, you couldn't go to battle or something? All I'm saying is the Green Bay no, Packers players it, said it's the coldest have, they've ever seen. We're not seen. wearing receiver gloves. Well, if Tony can talk about the Greek system, I can make a Marine Corps analogy, all right? I didn't say you couldn't. I'm just saying, like, the gloves we wear in negative 10-degree weather in Korea aren't the gloves Odell Beckham's going to be wearing because he wouldn't catch shit if he wore those gloves. Okay, well, why don't you weigh in then? Make your Talk about the game and make your prediction then. Honestly, I, I don't. I'm not impressed by the Giants' offense. They've had those great two receivers, but what they haven't even put over 20 points on anybody. Like I, I don't, I don't, I don't see where this this great Giants' offense is coming from. Even when they beat the Redskins, they had a whole 10 points until the very end of the fourth quarter when the Redskins just like fell apart like out of nowhere or something. They they, they hit yeah, they hit that king guy going that streak. Well, the Redskins yeah, were also then, fighting for their life. That lat- I mean, that last lateral doesn't count because that was just stupid. Like then they got the touchdown off that, but I mean. They, they, they didn't get 16 points from systematically running down the field and scoring on them. They had this magical deep pass that the, that the Redskins blew coverage on, and, and that was it. And honestly, uh, you, you could say you could arguably say that the Redskins probably right now have a better had a better defense because they're healthier back there. But, I mean, in, in this weather at Lambeau, uh, as, as, as big of a home field advantage as that is for the Packers, I just don't see the Giants offense being that electric. You know, I mean, I, they haven't been all year. Even when they beat Detroit, that the, they weren't 17. that impressive. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be electric either, man. I, I'm just telling you, I I truly think that their team is better, and I think that they got some win. hitters on defense. Janoris Jenkins is a shutdown corner, and uh, Dominic Rogers Cromartie can run with anybody. But at the end of the day, I don't think the Giants can put up enough points to beat the. I think the Packers could win by scoring 21 points. So where are all these points coming from? So okay, you just mentioned two of the two top corner. Where are all these well, points going to come making from? A comeback. Montgomery or what's his name? The running back. The, 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 the going to get it receiver? done. How? How they get it done on Darius Slay? How they get it done on everybody in the six game Okay, well the Giants beat the Lions. So you're, 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 don't bring the Lions involved. We already the Packers that was beat last the Giants segment. already. So we're doing. I wish we didn't have to play the game. Okay. All right. So they beat him before. They'll beat him again. 
I think the one thing that's in the Packers not that's not good for them is they've won six in a row, and I think it's really hard to win seven games in a row in anything you do. So that's shitty. But well, if that if this whole if you're doing the what's it, the tran, transitive property, if you're doing that, then I hope that Russell Wilson throws us five picks like he did half his picks in the whole season came against you guys. I hope he throws five picks to us. Too. I hate Russell Wilson. <laughs> so I hope we get six turnovers too. If that's that's how things work. But okay, so we got what is it divided show then on that game. Two and two, yeah, or is, think, that, is that what it was? Packers, I think the Packers walk out of there uh, 24-13. I did get defensive, but I do really see where you guys are coming from, and I'd be lying if I didn't tell you I was scared. Eli on the road in the playoffs, if he makes it there, is a G. I'm just hoping that the Eli that plays in like September about week four when he throws five picks, I'm hoping that Eli shows up. <laughs> Jerry, I mean, it's good that you admit that everyone's scared, man. We're all scared. You can, we're walking, this is a 12-team tournament. We're all scared going to the game. I, I'm sure even even though the Dolphins and the, and the Raiders are a huge underdogs, I'm sure the guys they're playing are a little bit scared, too. The Steelers are a little bit scared, too. They, they're confident, but they're scared. It's okay. Yeah, what kind of what kind of like is brutal about football, man? Is it's it, the nature of the sport. You can only really do one game a week, so I mean, it's it's one and done. You know, if if there were a hockey series, basketball, baseball series, uh, you know, game one you you lose. Okay, well let's adjust and get after game two. Like football, man, there there ain't no there ain't no take backs. You show there, up, there yeah. No and I think that's yeah, one you, thing that uh, you either show up that night or you don't. That's one thing that helps the Lions is there's nothing more dangerous than a team with absolutely nothing to lose. Everybody's expecting them to lose. They can do oh, whatever yeah. they want out there, and that yeah. makes them dangerous. Seattle's got to play a little more timid. It's easier to chase people than be put, chased. People are putting Seattle on that pedestal that I talked about with three years ago, and they're just it's just not the case. They're, they're looked at. They've been to the Super Bowl. They have a pedigree of a Super Bowl team. They're, they're looked at as that, but they're broke a we little bit. We're like a wounded animal. We'll do anything to get out of the corner. We don't have Probably enough time to talk about it, but the Seahawks, they look like they're about to have a dynasty with how good that defense was, and then everybody started chirping about how they needed money, and then it just as soon as they lost the corner opposite Sherman, it started to fall apart, and Norman. they figured it out. Uh, they Norman. had a Maxwell. Yeah. yeah well, Byron let's Maxwell. not get it twisted, though. They still, they still have two world-class linebackers with Wagner and they got Cliff Averill, who's, who we know can ball from being in Detroit. They got uh, the other linebacker. Uh, they got Bennett on the line. Yeah, those are, those are two good guys. They still got a lot of talent, but the fact of the matter is they didn't spend any money on their offensive line. It's why they can't they're not the compete same. Yeah. at the Super Bowl level anymore. They're not the same, but they have that, they have that pedigree, and the people think that. That's why, to your point, the Lions got nothing to lose. Yeah, no, I mean, one thing, I mean, Frank kind of mentioned the uh, AFC games real quick. Interesting thing over there is you got – Pittsburgh playing Miami, and Miami actually beat Pittsburgh earlier this year. They blew them out, in fact. Yeah, and but now you got uh, Miami rolling out there with, who is it, Matt Moore as their starting quarterback? Less is more, yep. And then uh, Oakland, I mean, they were looking like they had the second seed in the AFC locked up. And, they're trying, and, trying and they to. felt, yeah, now they're down to their third-string quarterback in Connor Cook, <laughs> and they're facing the Texans. Let I me mean, tell you something about the Raiders. The Raiders still might win that Connor game. Connor Cook was going to start this game regardless of Matt McGloin getting hurt. That's just some stuff they're spinning about a bruised shoulder. Connor Cook, the last time I saw that, I'm not saying that's how he finished. I know he had a fumble, but he's 8 for 12. wins at stake. 8 for 12 for 72 yards and a touchdown against Denver. I would Jesus argue, Christ. had he played the whole game, maybe they had a shot. But Connor Cook is not afraid of the big moment. And he's also facing the Texans, who have Brock Eisweiler who's considered the biggest bust free agent signing of this offseason. He might be the biggest bust free agent signing ever. And their 
biggest no, threat God. defensively, J.J. Watt's been out since like the second or third week yeah, of the season. Been that, getting that's, what, that's what I want to say. The, no, no, JJ, no J.J. in Houston is huge, man. Dude, that, that, that changes the Raiders might defense. win that game with Connor Cook, but either way, wasn't he not a captain? For, didn't he not get voted captain at State, Gerard? All right, well, they had a center. <laughs> I don't care what this captain nonsense. Why was he not a captain? What I do care about is that Derek Carr couldn't take snaps in her center ever since he hurt his finger in the game, I think about five, six weeks ago. Connor Cook yeah. can get back in our center. They can establish their normal run. Latavius Murray, they have probably the second-best line in the league. They're going to win the game. They're going to win. I'm giving reasons why. Okay, go ahead. But they have the second-best line after Dallas probably. Latavius Murray can ball. They have just an absolute platoon of receivers for Connor Crab Cook to throw tree. to. Yep. And the thing is, Connor Cook just has to – I don't want to call him a game manager because I'm hoping he has like five touchdowns personally. But he's just got to make sure he doesn't throw any picks or fumble the ball. And they should win this game. The Oakland's defense is more opportunistic, so that's why I might have a little bit of a day. But okay, I, my, I my agree. thing. Or go ahead, Frank. No, I just was agreeing. I, I don't really have much to say about the AFC, but go ahead, Joe. Yeah, no, I, I think I think Oakland uh, has the best chance because I think as a, as a team they're better uh, with with no JJ over over in Houston that that hurts. And then also Connor Cook this week he he gets all the starting reps. He wasn't sharing them, and he wasn't he wasn't watching. So he, he gets all the starting reps, he gets all the attention, he gets all the looks. And so mentally uh, and physically, he will be ready to go. And I think that's that's what's going to kind of ignite the offense for Oakland this week. Yeah, and not to mention, Houston only made the playoffs because they play in the absolute worst division in all of football. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. We're not really one to talk as Lions fans, but... We had, a we, good, had, we had two teams from our yeah. division. At one playoffs. point, I said our yeah. division stunk. When you, you heard the music at the beginning of the show, okay, we kind of but, backed it up in there, but it's okay. Yeah, but I mean, that's also we pulled ourselves the Packers out of were super hot at the end of the year. Yeah. We got two us in the NFC East are the only two divisions with two teams in. So we'll, well only, good for us. You're right. The we're NFC awesome. West actually kind of blows now. We got the Rams suck, the 49ers suck, and the Cardinals lost it, which I called by the way. Joe was on the oh, Cardinals yeah. going to the Super Bowl, yeah. by the way. We were going to get to that later, Joe, but that oh, was, yeah, that was that's a tough right. call by you. We wrote I, that down. I know you guys didn't go to state, so you probably don't care, but I'm excited <laughs> to see Connor Cook out there today. We uh, can tell by the yeah, tightness of your drawers. Yeah, you're smiling, and there's something popping up from under the table. and it, no it's one a roll else, of quarters. No one else cares. <laughs> But no one else cares about that. He might get one, but there's, there's Oakland who had a chance to go to the Super Bowl, and, and now they don't, and that's just it. That's just yeah, that. Derek Carr lost his MVP. That's just the way it yep. goes down. So, I mean, I don't really – I mean, we might as well just go ahead and just pick the other ones real fast. I mean, I didn't think we were going to dive into the AFC, but I think that the the Steelers obviously are going to come out, Le'Veon Bell and all those guys are going to come out and beat the hell out of the Dolphins, right? Yeah, I think they, I think it's going to be Steelers over Dolphins. Coming, and- yep. But then uh, eleven and a half point spread. I think uh, Oakland will go to Houston and take care of business and beat the Texans. I actually, I'm pretty sure the Steelers game was in Miami. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure it was at home in Miami for. The I Dons. believe it was beginning of the year. All right, there's a little rumor in the NFL that when players go to Miami, the younger ones, you know, Miami all night partying, nude strip clubs, bitches on the dude. Beach. The Giants like took their day off and like flew to Miami to party. <laughs> yeah, we don't. Even, I don't want to get into that yeah, right we're not now. Doing that. But. I think the Steelers were a little bit hungover in that game. I honestly think they were. It was midseason. They probably took them lightly. Uh, I don't Jai, even think Bell was on the team yet. Bell was back, but it, was, it wasn't like how it is now. Bell the other week had 298 yards. Bell is playing better. Bell, Bell was back in those nightclubs, man. He was back. Hey, yeah. Le'Veon Bell is my savior and a saint. That's one Spartan I'll give you. He's probably the best running back in the league. He's good. Yeah. He's very good. No, but, but yeah, the Steelers don't, don't beat him up. Steel curtain. This is Roethlisberger's kind of like Eli Manning. This is his time. 
They're not going to lose at home. The I spread guess, is interesting, yeah, though. Eleven and a half points is a tremendous amount of points for a NFL playoff game. I don't. You got Matt Moore. I could see them scoring a touchdown late and making it a ten point game and covering. I mean, that's a tough spread, man. I'm just. Oh, I, I would mean, not. I would never put any money in eleven point spread. That's a lot for yeah. a playoff game. The problem is with the Miami Dolphins; they don't have a lot of playoff experience. They start getting blown out. There's a chance they just give up. So that's why I went back because they might get blown out by more than. What about Sue? Sue's got some playoffs. Yeah, they, they started to get blown out. Sue's going to be stomping on some people's <laughs> Sue's better ankles and heads. Roethlisberger better wear a cup. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Dude, Roethlisberger's dick would Sue's break be... Sue's foot. Jesus. Sue's going to be... Uh, Roethlisberger's dick and... should not be anywhere near anybody because... Uh, or a school. Some allegations. Hey, <laughs> hey, he was acquitted on all charges. We live in a system where it's innocent until proven guilty. Hey, I'm and... down with what he did. Hey, I'm just saying, when you had to beat, like, <laughs> three rape charges... Krasik's like, no. I'm bro. kidding, of course. We don't advocate any of that kind of stuff on RSF. But, um, it, good. So, yeah, we got the football covered, right? I mean, we covered yeah, the football. we got a little bit of NCAA playoffs to go over. Not too much here, two blowouts. So, last week, I, last show, I, I pretty much made it pretty simple. I tuned out after the Michigan game. They lost by one point again. But I pretty much said, Bama, Clemson, see you in the finals. Bama's going to win. Sure enough, that's what's going to happen on yeah, Monday boy night. Did, boy, did I miss it on an Ohio State call. Yeah. I just thought Urban Meyer, <laughs> like, at the end of the season, if they had played the next week, I would have taken Clemson. But I thought Urban Meyer with a month would just have a scheme that would just totally not get shut out. Dabo Sweeney. <laughs> yeah. Not get shut out. Exactly. Hey, hey, hey. State oh, got yeah. shut out in the he, playoff, he a, too. We gotta, we're right. creating a pattern. Big it 10. Sucked. Representative of the playoff gets shut out. That was a crock of shit, that game. I don't know. I think if Michigan would have made it, they would have scored. Yeah, they would have. I'm just fucking around. Frank, do not take that game, seriously. Like there's nothing to say. In this scenario, like last year, you had uh, State got blown out by Bama. Everybody wants this playoff with four teams, but at the end of the day, there's only two teams that should be playing for it. The only time, the very first one's exception with Ohio State being the four seed and winning it all, they caught lightning in a bottle, though. You put Michigan like, or Florida State in there against Clemson, I guarantee you have a better game than a, a shutout. I promise you that. Clemson already lost him. but. It's just, the point what? I'm making is that we don't really need. The, I'm just saying the playoff is this huge. All oh, we need to expand it to more teams. At the end of the day, you really don't. We don't need this huge playoff. I think you do need at least eight, just to make it. I mean, why not? What like, do you What do you want to just say? Well, annoying. You want to just anoint so Alabama number eight, one every two. year? That's four more games. So you got to take four games out of the regular season, or at least three. But so, what do you just anoint people? No, I'm saying you. Gotta no, take, you would just start the playoffs in like the beginning of December. You, college kids can't play that many games, Tony. You realize that with that, that's going to be 17 games. That's a pro schedule, and they're not getting paid. Yeah, sucks for them. The point I'm making is I think the playoffs should be like flexible in the fact that this year we had two people that should go in Clemson and Alabama, and then on some years when there's four that are like actually good, we send four. Like There's no reason for it to be rigid. I yeah, but, but there's think- a lot of question marks about Clemson going into the playoff because they had some really close games to some really bad teams. I think that we're just talking about this because of the lack of preparation by Ohio State, and they, they dropped the ball. I don't think we're having this discussion if it was a good game. At the end of the day, Ohio State yeah. started the youngest roster. Uh, anybody in the Power Five, they're going to be just fine. Yeah, and JT Barrett's coming back. So JT Barrett can't throw. They're better off sending yeah. him to the Well, pros. they didn't score a point, man, so I don't think we should be patting anybody in the back if anybody wearing Buckeye colors. Hey, man, I hope next year Ohio State goes 3-9, and nine, and one of those wins is against Michigan. I hope that turns into State, but it's not going to. Urban Meyer's going to rally the troops. Really? Yeah, what, what, what is stupid? Okay. So, yeah, anyway, so so back to what we were saying. It comes down to Clemson versus Bama, which we all pretty much expected. I mean, well, Tony picked Ohio State, but 
who wins? Bama, right? I mean, Bama's going to win the national championship. Is that any breaking news to anybody? Does anyone disagree with that? Yeah, I don't... I don't disagree with that. That defense is just rock solid, man. The uh, linebacker quarterback's going to run all over the place and throw yeah, the ball. The, 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 most the, of... offense, the offense they got isn't necessarily the most flashy thing. We saw – We saw. Uh, I think Washington actually did a pretty decent job defensively again against Alabama. But at the end of the day, like – They're just they pros. They just pounded and pounded <laughs> They're and like pounded. all pro, but, man. Yeah. Well, the thing that I think is – running backs. The one thing I think is kind of funny in all this was I was watching a little bit of the media day earlier this morning on Sports Center. And they have Clemson out there and they're all and they got all these guys from Clemson like, Yeah, no, that last that loss last year, that was really hard. We're coming for revenge and I'm sitting there thinking, You're coming for revenge on who? I mean, yeah, it's the same college team that beat you, but all those guys that beat you are now in the NFL. It's just a bunch of grown Tony, ass. I couldn't disagree with you more. Okay, they lost this team last year. Yeah, there's still it's guys. Alabama. There's still guys there, and there's a bunch of grown ass men in Alabama, man. I mean, it's just yeah, there's grown I'm, men. I'm, I'm saying yeah, it's the same college, but it's like you're going for revenge against guys who weren't really playing last year. And guess what? You're still. I see your point. Okay, well, if there's 43 the seniors on Michigan. I guarantee when State comes out next year, they're gonna be talking about revenge for what happened in East Lansing next year. It's a yeah. college. It's the There's really no need to get heated over that, guys. It's just he was making a point. I, I see it, but it's also the same. Normally, team. it's one year. In things like this, I like to go with the best quarterback, which is definitely Deshaun Watson. But the best player on the field is that D end or D tackle, last name Allen. He, I think he wears ninety three. Jonathan Allen. Jonathan Allen. He's a hybrid man. Yeah, he's, he's more than a, a D end. Beast. If the Packers lose to the Giants, they would have been better off tanking the season and drafting that guy because that guy is an absolute stud. Unless he gets involved with some drugs or he just gets the money and quits playing, that guy could play in the NFL last year. That guy could beat the hell out of his girlfriend and go in the first round. <laughs> For sure. Frank actually is funny as fuck and so true. <laughs> yeah. On camera. He could beat the this hell out of his girlfriend and go in the first round. This might not be the time to talk about it, but I really thought about people getting cut for hitting people, have talent, will play. Joe Mixon's going to the draft. Yeah. If he tests well, he's going to get drafted. The NFL tries to act like, oh, like blah, blah, blah. We're all this good league. No, you aren't. If you can ball, you're going to play. Michael yeah. Irvin was doing coke in the locker room going out there and playing. They don't give a shit. So Bama's going to win the national title, right? Going once, going twice. Anyone got pick, Clemson? I want to pick Clemson so bad because I don't like picking Bama. Now's your chance. It's the only chance you're going to get. It's on Monday. I don't like being wrong, though. I'll go Clemson. Okay, Jerry's got Clemson. Everyone else that's saying that they got Alabama because they're grown-ass men. All right. So some sweet stuff happened this past Saturday. Or Friday. It was on a Friday this yeah. year. The 30th. Real, real quick, though, uh, okay. one quick college note. Uh, condolences to our friends who are Western Michigan alums and Western Michigan fans. PJ Flex going to Minnesota. Is he going? <laughs> yeah. Oh. I, I don't know why you go to Minnesota, but he's a moron. I don't agree with that. Yeah, I, I, I heard the rumors that I don't agree with that decision. That's breaking Whoa, news to me, first on? of all. Yeah, that's breaking news to me. So Yeah, I don't what, think what that happened? whole shtick he does is going to work in the Big Ten. PJ, he, he said P.J. Fleck, the coach of West, P.J. Fleck to signed Minnesota. to be the coach at Minnesota. Well, he turned down Purdue. Purdue would have been lateral. Minnesota's a little bit better of a game. I say you, dude, he was about to get paid $1.5 million. He's got like five kids that are all under the age of four. You stay in Michigan, you row the boat another year, and then you yeah, find a better school. Yeah, but he's getting school. paid like... He's getting three. Uh, yeah, I got I friends in Kalamazoo, but you ever been there? Yep. I've been there with you, Gerard. Is that all a right. rhetorical question? You want to raise your kids there in some nice suburb of Minneapolis. I'm just saying, man, you wait one more year, you can find a better gig than that, man. Minnesota? I don't think you go that high from what I don't think. I went. think his plan, though, is go to Minnesota, have like a couple nine and three seasons like a with gimmick, them. Gimmicky. 
and then go to a much like, probably the next coach of Michigan once Harbaugh goes back to the He's pros. only thirty five, right? He's a young yeah. man. I mean, yeah. that's the thing. He's a young guy. He can do the whole go to Minnesota, wait a couple years, put out a couple nine and three seasons, have him be in contention for the Big Ten West, and then jump to a bigger name school <laughs> such as like a Wisconsin. I mean, Chris Peterson did not <laughs> Iowa if Kirk Ferentz retires or something. I'll, hey, I'll give I'll give him props, man. I watched that game against Wisconsin, and for being a team, I mean they were they were putting out some crazy stats about because I mean even though they were undefeated, they hadn't played a defense that was like in the top forty or just yeah, all kinds of crazy just... stuff. And they put they put up a hell of a fight. They had a game plan. They got some stud receivers. They had a game plan against Wisconsin. They have one receiver that's going to go pro and going to be good. He's actually way better than Greg Jennings as a prospect. But they put together a plan, and they executed it. And they yeah. – what was it? I think it was a touchdown game, wasn't it? Yeah, but also uh, right after they announced uh, P.J. Fleck to Minnesota, Les Miles put out a statement saying that while he'd like to coach a Power 5 school, he's open to any head coaching position. So, I mean – Fuck Les Miles. Do you think he'd go to – so do you think you go to Western? Dude, all right. I'm no. going to debunk the no. myth of Les Miles right now. Les Miles is a horrible coach. Nick Saban won a championship, and I believe Jimbo Fisher might have been his OC. Then, or Les Miles brought in Jimbo Fisher. Either way, Jimbo Fisher got left for the Florida State gig. Then Les Miles wins with Nick Saban's players like two years later with Jimbo Fisher's offense. Since then, since his players in there, it's been an absolute shit show. Les Miles is a bum of a coach, and I was licking my chops that Michigan was going to bring him in. He's a horrible coach. And he's a... He can't find a quarterback in the South. He's an evil man. He's evil, and he's not a good coach. He's overrated. Oh, he's a lovable guy, but a horrible fucking coach. Dude, those backdoor deals he was doing, man, he ain't lovable. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, that's true. Tyron Matthew was getting paid for club appearances. He ain't lovable, and he ain't a good coach, and you're right about everything you just said, and I can't really disagree with it, He's just weird too. He's always like, what is he doing? Was he eating the grass? And he's like, he claps his hands funny. It's part of his shtick, he, man. He, he claps his hands like you know those little monkey things that like have like the sil- the symbols and they clap and clap. That like that sort of reminds me of when he claps. His hey, hands. Brady like, Hoke clapped he- a lot. Jesus. Okay. So co- I've yeah, had enough college, just- man. I've had enough. Have you guys? Brady Hoke was overweight. College is over after Monday. This yeah. is the last time we're gonna talk about it for a long time. Good. I mean, fuck. Our teams are out. I mean, <laughs> the, Alabama's going to win the national title. What more do you sad, want? Man. It it's is so sad. Exciting. You want to cry? You want to have a positive show? Oh, I have. A, so a I'm week ready ago, to put my season behind me three and nine. <laughs> so a week ago, <laughs> I could be happier. It's over. <laughs> one week ago, December thirtieth, a fri- a rare Friday UFC card. It should be eight days ago, Frank. Just eight days. Okay, sure. Eight days ago on the thirtieth, a Friday, UFC two hundred seven. It was the return of Rousey and also some. Um, some other really good fights. And uh, I, did, I, was, I was working. These guys, I know Tony watched it, but uh, I had a chance to watch it immediately after, so I saw it all. Dominic Cruz lost his belt to the No Love, who I, I bashed last show, but I now I found out that he's doing some stuff for a terminally ill child, and he actually is a pretty good guy. And he uh, used to tab Paige Van Zandt, which is pretty good. And I, I, take, I take back everything I said about Cody No Love. He's a pretty good guy. And the return of Rousey was 48 seconds, and I'm going to let Tony jump in and talk about it a little bit, but I think Amanda Nunez is a freaking badass. Uh, she's openly gay, which is great for her, great for the sport. Yeah, I mean, I am kind of our resident expert on UFC. We know. And uh, just, she's just <laughs> she is just a bad girl, and um, man, as tough as Rousey was walking into that cage, man, she walked out of it looking just the opposite, Yeah, and it was fucking awesome. And I called it, by the way. We all did. So UFC 207, last Friday. 
Yeah. I completely forgot that drop existed, by the way, Jerry. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> all right, well, we all are bowing at you now, Tony. So... Sure are. But, yeah, so, I mean, we kind of talked about it last week. We were saying, you know, Rousey's been kind of talking retirement in one or two fights. She's kind of got, like, herself halfway out of the fight game already as it is. And she's coming back off a long layoff. And did she learn anything from her last fight? Which clearly she didn't. <laughs> no. Because instead of going out there trying to ragdoll Nunez like she did early on in her career, she tried to stand with her and just eight punches for 48 seconds. So the ref jumped in to stop it. She threw 20 or no, she threw 47 punches in 48 seconds, landed 27 of them. And I swear to you, about 20 of those had to be significant. She butchered her face. Oh, yeah. I think at the end of the day, when they started the women's division, they had Ronda Rousey come in. She was armbarring all these girls, like nine wins. Weren't they all by armbar or something like that? Yeah, in the first round. Yeah. Okay. She was taking chicks down, breaking their arms. Well, that there's was always the someone over. waiting in the shadows. I think what we thought Rousey was is what Nunez is. I think Nunez is going to go down with Silva in terms of maybe greatest of all time. She hits way harder than anybody else in that division. She looks way bigger than them all, and she can roll on the ground. Oh, she's I think, bigger than Rousey. I think, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure Nunez is also a black belt in she Brazilian is. She is. And that's the thing is, like, you don't want to go to the ground with her, she but was, then her striking just destroys and you. We, we also got to – the USC has to get behind this Nunez girls and start promoting her, you know? They will. Yeah. They purposely didn't do any press because Rousey didn't want to. That's soft. Why can't Nunez do her own press, you know? I think Rousey made three million and Nunez made a hundred thousand, and she, she's the it was two hundred. She was gonna make she's gonna make more from the pay per view. Yeah, yeah, I know she's right. gonna get the back door and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, Nunez is who we should celebrate. But the UFC tried to exalt. It works with Conor McGregor, them showing us that. But Ronda Rousey, she's a scrub now. Like she'll beat up on a lot of girls, but in terms of championship, she's not gonna ever get that belt from Nunez. Okay, there's, ever. there's two points I want to make. They're both. They're both to your points, and you're making good ones, Gerard. You're, you're teeing me up really well because I followed this fight very closely, not only from the fight itself, but the media and the storyline and all that. So um, there's two points. One is Rousey, and I think what you're alluding to is that she was a bit of a product of the media when she was dominating, and you can't, you know, you can't really blame someone for beating up on someone at the time. And if you put me in a room full of people and said, "Hey, go beat these guys up," and you can't even get paid a bunch of money and get a bunch of pats in the back for it. I'd do it in a heartbeat, man. I think if you say no to that, you're lying to yourself and well, everybody I'm else. I'm not hating on I mean, no, she, she beat did. Misha Tate. Yeah, no, she did. A couple did. times, too. Hear me and out. I'm talking like she beat she beat real some killers. fighters. Yeah, Katz and Gano. I know. I'm saying at the time, there wasn't that many women in the world that were competing at the ba- at that, that weight class. It was upcoming. She takes 14 months off, and to Jerry's point, a lot happened in 14 months. The division roused. Amanda Nunez was, Nunez was waiting in the shadows, man, like a killer, like a lioness, like she calls herself. She is a bad beast, and she's the real deal, man, and it proved it, man. And she said, and that's the second point, she will be marketable. First of all, she's Brazilian. She's not like Aldo or Silva and hide behind their language barriers. I know they can all speak English. She speaks English. She comes out after the fight and says... She's very humble and very respectful towards her opponent, but she, she not only gives Rousey credit for doing what she did for the sport, but she also pretty much says, forget about Ronda Rousey. It's me now, the lioness. She calls out to, she wins the crowd over in the cage. She comes out in the media afterwards, says the same thing. She's like, she's going to retire now. Forget about Ronda Rousey. If she wants a rematch, I'm going to do the same thing. And to your point about the judo and coming out and ragdoll her, she said, 
She goes, yeah, if she wanted to clinch with me, I'm a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I was ready for that. But she knew that she didn't learn anything. She had no head movement from her boxing coach who's been under heavy scrutiny. And she got her ass beat. And she ain't coming back. And yeah, Amanda Nunes is here to stay. Market the hell out of her. The lioness. I'll do it on this show well, every week. I mean, I'll shout I was, her out. I was talking about her coach before the fight. I was saying, like, I don't really know about her trainer and shit. All right. Well, we all are bowing at you now, Tony. So... <laughs> But yeah, I'm I'm saying like yeah, she's a black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. But I think it would at least be a more competitive fight. Yeah, fight her game. If right. Ronda Rousey tried to take it to the ground, where they're both good, instead of let's keep it standing where only Amanda Nunez is right. good. If you rewatch that fight within there was no the, chance. The first two strikes, she was already out of it. The first jab honestly. blew her mouth out, and there was no chance. But yeah, you, Rousey couldn't get that fight to the ground no matter what she did. Nunez is a far superior athlete. But the humility—that's what I'm saying. She's a far superior. athlete. But she comes out and she has this weird way. You gotta, you gotta see the interview to know what I'm talking about. She has, uh, she's humble but cocky at the same time. She has this way of saying, like in a polite, cute way, "You're never gonna take this belt away from me as long as I'm able to fight." But she also gives Ronda Rousey credit, and she also bashes the coach in a nice little polite way too. She goes, she goes, she tries to convince her, like she's like, "I feel a little bit bad for her." She's like, "Yeah." At the same time, this is MMA, and you can't feel bad, but I feel a little bad for Ronda because. Her coach is coming out telling her that she's some boxer, and she's like, she's not a boxer. I'm the striker, Well, she her said. coach is a boxing yeah, coach. But she's like, she he tries to tell her uh, that she's a striker. She's like, I'm the striker. She, she's good at judo. Why is he telling her that she's a boxer? And she comes out, and she's like, I feel a little bad, but this is a sport. Go- goodbye. You know, she pretty much just waves her off. Ronda Rousey's cold product now, man, thanks to Amanda Nunes. And if we're gonna if we're gonna make Amanda Nunez some money, we're gonna need the LGBTQA get her a flag. community to get behind her. You know what I mean? Yeah, she's like, that's a that's a lot of money in that community. You need to support this lady. I know that they might not still be down with. Well, she walked but... into the stadium holding her girlfriend's hand openly. I mean, she's not no problem. Well, with I mean, it. market the hell out of her. One thing that people will say is like they about MMA is it's like it's so brutal, but especially once they've added the female weight divisions, there's multiple female fighters who are openly gay. In the sport, and everybody's accepted it, and there's no issues there. That's no shock. I mean, I mean, I mean, it kind of goes. I, I mean, mean, there's a lot of never people, mind. <laughs> there's a lot of people who are shocked that it's like, oh, there's openly gay like fighters, and people are cool with it. Well, female Fe- fighters do. I mean, I'm not trying to be you know stereotypical, but I mean, it doesn't shock anyone, right? That wrong? I mean, Am I wrong? I mean, yeah. I mean, I think you're being a little stereotypical there, but, but I'm just saying like people are thinking like macho. Show people who are fans of the UFC, they're not going to be accepting of that. I'm cool. You know what's with it. funny? You know what's funny about stereotypes is they're always true. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I mean, I'm cool with it, man. I mean, if she wants what her girlfriend's a straw weight, man. She they they fight each other. They're they make love. I mean, they're good. I mean, good for them. <laughs> I mean, that's that's good. You guys ever think an NFL player will come out as gay? Didn't tell? Michael Sam. I mean, one with some talent. Tao, right? Tao, no, he's not gay. No. Oh, oh, sorry, Joe. I forgot. Notre Dame. Uh, Of course not. I think he's got a real girlfriend now. That's right. It was the fake girlfriend. Okay. Same thing. But I mean, just no, based on the, pure population's numbers, there's got to be some gays playing the NFL. Just I don't why even are they know. it now? Okay, yeah. Well, she's openly gay. I don't even know how we got down this road. We should probably just get off, get off it, go back to the. You took us down that road, Frank. Let's get no, off I did. I, I just want. I want the LGBTQA community to support this lady. She all needs to be for. marketed. She's. Gonna, I I really respect her for speaking damn good English. She doesn't hide behind. That's the one thing that doesn't bu- she train with American Top Team too? All American Top Team at Coconut yeah. Creek, Florida, and so. 
that's the one thing that bugs me about Ho- about Jose Aldo. He'll he'll come out and he'll say something in Brazilian or Portuguese. Portuguese. And then he'll uh, he'll he'll gauge the temperature of the reaction from the media, and then he'll then he'll hide behind. Oh, you got it wrong. She speaks English. She comes out. She talks. She's marketable. She's good looking. Um, she's a lesbian. I mean, there's a lot there. She's funny. I, I've watched a lot of media. Yeah, she with her. is funny. Afterward, she beat the hell out of Ronda Rousey. The crowd really wasn't cheering that much, and she was like, "Oh, come on!" Like, I cheer. beat the shit out of Ronda Rousey. Like, she's good, man. She's cool. Like, she's a cool chick. And uh, I think her next fight, she'll make a lot more. And Dana White said it best. He goes, "I could have spent a hundred million or ten million dollars promoting Amanda Nunes. I had to make it about Ronda." He's like, "If she comes out and wins this fight, everyone's gonna know who Amanda Nunes is." And uh, and sure enough, that's what happened. And after the fight, he says, I guess that's why I'm the one with the promoter's license. So it's true. I mean, everyone's going to know who that Dude, is. He now. did what he did because him and Rousey have the same management team. Dana yeah, White's but, hiding behind it. Conor McGregor got kicked off a car for not doing press. Ryan and Rousey that's got fair. To do it. That's fair. But you, you, you can pump someone down someone's throat for a month all you want. But now everyone knows. Him. That was the way of getting Amanda Nunes over. He put her over by putting her against Rousey. Everyone knows who she is now. Yeah. If, you're, if you're an MMA fan. Instead of putting poster boards with her, and there was a good promo with her and uh, with her and Rousey. There was I'm just a good saying one. they could let her do press and give her a little more than what the she was cool with it, man. 20%. Yeah. yeah, I mean, she made a lot. Of, she said she focused on her weight cut. She'll do the next one. She knew this is going to be about Rousey. She she was aware, uh, and it is what it is, man. Rousey's dumb. I I kind of the question is this is a good one. Do you feel bad for Ronda or just good riddance? No, I don't care. I don't like her attitude. I don't like I think it's the exact opposite attitude on Amanda Nunez, personally. I, I think, think when she was choking people out, she was acting like this huge tough girl. Yeah, she was talking about, she was I'll the, beat the shit out of yeah. dudes and all this crap. Floyd Mayweather. And then the second she gets knocked out, hey, she's talking Floyd about... Floyd Mayweather is like 4-0 against women. Yeah. First of all, it's 6-0, but Tony. Get your facts straight. This is a sports podcast. As crazy as that sounds, that's why I meant about the product, of the, the product of the media. At one point, not 12, 14 months ago, there was people talking about her getting in the ring and beating up Floyd Mayweather. And here she's getting knocked out by Amanda Nunes yeah. in 48 seconds. That was real. That was real talk by the media 12 months ago. It's because she was pretty, let's be honest. She got put over. Good for her, but I don't feel bad. To answer my own question, I do not feel bad for her. I don't feel she's like made she... a tremendous amount of money, and I think she was a bully in her own, in her own way. She was. She, she played into her own gimmick, and uh, she, got, she got exposed. Also, and I don't feel bad at One all. thing I think with That's still uh, Ronda Rousey is... Remember when I said that I didn't think Nate Diaz, or I mean, I didn't think Conor McGregor win the second fight with Nate Diaz because I wasn't sure if his ego would allow him to change his fighting style. But it did, so he won. Yeah, always a different fight. Rousey's ego won't allow her to change. Leg kicks. And that's her downfall. I don't even think it's her ego. I think it's who she trains. Like, Nunez is out there with America Top Team. Everybody says that's like the best camp, allegedly. It's between that and Greg Jackson's or whatever his name is. Yeah, Greg Jackson's. Jackson Winklevon. So she's out there training the best. I don't even know where Rousey fight, fights out of. It's a private. It's a private camp. With that private. Guy. It's her and her boyfriend. It's different for Conor McGregor has all of Europe. Too. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. It, well, it really is. And dude, she's very impressionable. And that's the only little bit of me that feels bad is because she made a lot of money, but she believes people. She's very. Gull- you got to remember she, her. Her little story. She come. She dropped out of school. She was living in a car. She chased an Olympic medal. She's very impressionable, man. She's a vulnerable. She's a vulnerable chick, and she's believing that she's a boxer, but she's not getting the right amount of head movement. She believes what people tell her, and it's it's got her this far, and she's a millionaire. 
But it also got her in that ring with Amanda yeah. Nunez with the wrong idea, and it's a very dangerous sport. And that show, man, she, if Herb Dean doesn't stop that fight, she could have died. I'm not kidding, man. He, I think he the people say they stopped him a little too early. Well, people, At that's because she was still she, standing. And when you watch the replay, the reason she's standing is because she's holding on to yeah, the cage. Yeah, she's bouncing off the yeah, cage. She was, she was out, brother. It just, yeah. When I saw it first, I thought I got stopped too early because I didn't think Nunez was about to land. But if you watch the replay, she's about to just pepper in the face. And as much as it's a blood sport out there, I don't want to see somebody die on pay-per-view. I a really couple don't. A couple more strikes when she's out like that, man. It could have got real bad. I think, he, I think it was a good stop. People in said reality, it was a little early, but that was Rousey a- was pretty much out of it from the beginning. Her only chance was as in 12 seconds in when she got popped in the nose, she would have had to like, wrap up real quick, and she couldn't get that she done. She tried to do it like twice. didn't work. She was getting stabbed at those front leg, stabbed, stabbing front leg kicks. She got rocked. and I mean, Nunez was walking her down, man. She just was coming at – there was no breathing room. There was no breathing room. She was walking her down and just bombs. I'm also really yeah. happy for if Cody dies, No Love Garvin. He dies. Right. I mean, that, dude, it was one a couple steps away from that. Seriously. But yeah, that's Rousey, man. And then uh, we're forgetting the the cruise the cruise no love fight. That was the the co main event. I mean, yeah, uh, that was a great fight. That, that was, was a five that was round a really war. Good fight. And I mean, you could say all you want about Cody No Love, and I bashed him last show, like I said. But he's out there taunting him, he's dancing around and making fun of him. But it was a good fight. Dominic Cruz is a true champion. He emptied his chamber, uh, went all five rounds. He was the worst fighter. He'll be back. I think he has a chance of being back. He looked. He looked unorthodox, like he always did. But Cody, no love. I don't think anyone. Um, yeah, Cody. It. I, I think Cody didn't fall for a lot of the stuff that the other and guys he was fall fast, for. Tony, speak on his speed. He, he was. Fast I think yeah. Cody's been staring at a picture of Dominic Cruz since he was in the ninth grade, saying, "I'm going to get that belt." He said that. Yeah. You know. I mean, he came out there and speed. I mean, I gave when I mean we were kind of doing our own little scorecards like we always do when we watch fights, and I gave him the first round. I gave Cruz the second round, and then in the third round, Cody landed a couple hard shots and had had Cruz rocked, and then the third, fourth, fifth round, you just had Cody landing shots pretty much at will on Cruz. Shout out to Cruz for for, uh, popping up so damn quick, though, and he ate him, and, and, you know, Cody was doing the dancing stuff, which I thought was entertaining, but uh, Cruz, man, he would get dropped, and he would be back up in his face. And, yeah, well, know. part of that also was the fact that I don't think Cody wanted to jump on him because he didn't yeah, want to go Yeah, I think Cody took a page out of uh, McGregor's book there. Yeah, don't go, go to the ground when you know that the other guy has the advantage. But Maybe. Cody's ego not the one where just stand he, there. Not the one where he pointed. The, the one more, where he you know, pointed, I thought he knocked where, him out. I think he yeah, thought I think he knocked, he thought knocked him out. The one where he pointed, I think that went with the rest of them. After that, I think his coach or his corner said, hey, don't go to the ground with him. That was the game plan all along. And then yeah. he started dancing to be funny. And he was, he was like. It was funny. Dominic Cruz completely whiffed on like a kick and he's like, like waved it off. And then like he almost caught him on the chin. He's like, oh, that's a little better. Didn't he do a push up at one point in the fight? Yeah. I like, I mean, when Silva was doing crap like this, I hated it. Well, because there was, he was no action. Yeah, because he was already the champion. Cody did this in a title fight without the belt. That takes some. Cajones, I can't wait to see him versus Dillashaw. Yeah. Speaking of Dillashaw, uh, that that's one of the fights that goes under underrated. And I, don't, I mean, I know people out there, the majority don't watch Dillashaw or you know know about. That was a one of the best performances I've seen in a while. He fought flawlessly. I, I mean, he, I actually love me some. TJ I think Dillashaw. for TJ Dillashaw, the move to Colorado to keep training with Dwayne Bang Ludwig. You talking about leaving Alpha Male? Just yeah, for, leaving for Alpha the, Male. For the people. Yeah. And going out to Colorado with uh, Dwayne Ludwig was probably the best move of his career. He's looked like a much better fighter. Oh yeah, every single time he's come out there, dude. Those uh, 
George St. GSP always um, stresses the fact of you don't want to show your takedowns. You know, punching and takedown should be the same, you know, all in unison. Dillashaw was doing some crazy shit in that fight to where, and that guy, that Litaker, even though he, he never, he has a hard time making weight, he can hit. And I actually know who that guy, I've seen him fight. He's actually a badass. That guy's no joke. Yeah. And he was going, uh, man, though, I mean, you couldn't even tell when the strike was coming or the takedown. He was taking him down at will and he made it look easy against a guy who's a badass motherfucker. That guy, that Litaker is a badass. He misses yeah, weight. Litaker is another guy who is a really big knockout artist in the UFC. And I mean, Dillashaw did a great job of avoiding those power shots. Dillashaw looked fast on those takedowns, like real quick. You couldn't. That's the D- point. Dillashaw is fast as fuck. You couldn't. You couldn't tell if he was going to throw a puncher. The takedown was just there, and it, he made it look so easy. And that's not an easy thing to do. It's hard. It's hard. It's easy to say, but to to act like you're going to punch somebody, then go right to a takedown without them seeing it, especially someone as tough as that Litaker who hits like a rock. It's tough, yeah, and I it's mean, going to be a good fight. And it worked out. There was a question about who should fight for the bantamweight title, or for the the bantamweight is a bantamweight title. Yeah, thirty five. There was question about it now, but the way it worked out, both Cody and uh, Dillashaw won, so it makes it more marketable. It's going to be a hell of a fight. That's going to be a good, real yeah. good one. I don't know who to pick. I don't know either. We'll have to do that another day. Let's we'll do a little more research. But if, if if I think if Dillashaw performs like that again, and they both, yeah, do, it's going to be a hell back. Of a, yeah, that's going to be close. Dillashaw, those takedowns are so freaking quick. Like Rousey's takedowns aren't that quick. If they yeah. were, she wouldn't have a problem getting in there on Nunez. Yep. Yeah, it was a good it. UFC 207 was a good card, man, and uh, the return of Rousey was very short lived. I think the co-main event was actually the better fight, but I love. I, I'm I'm curious to see who, who Nunez goes at goes at it with next. Who's going to be the the Polish chick, Marchenko or something like that? She's number two. I'm not sure. I, I thought it was uh, Shevchenko. She's Russian. Yeah, obviously I don't know how to oh, pronounce the, the last name, Tony. Yeah, it could be the Russian. Well, we'll see. I mean, either way, it's going to be uh, she's going to become more and more of a household name. I'm going to support her on this show continuously because I I really like yeah. her. I mean, there's also talk of uh, who is it? Is it Raquel Pennington that uh, just beat? Misha Tate. See now, I was thinking. Yeah, I was thinking about Misha Tate. I think a little. I, I watch her now. She's an analyst for Fox. She just got hired. I've watched a lot of media on her. A lot of interviews. Something tells me. I mean, I don't. I think Rousey's done. But Misha Tate's mentioned it before. She's openly said she wanted to fight Rousey before her time is done. Rousey's only twenty nine. Misha Tate's. I, th- I believe is thirty. I think a little part of Misha Tate wants a piece around I Rousey. Could see them that doing could be a that good for fight. Like uh, just you know if it. Tito Ortiz, Chuck Liddell type thing when they're past their prime. I think they want to. Yeah. I think she wants a piece of Rousey. I think that'd be a good. If Rousey wants to have a chance, I mean, I think what I think the UFC might do it just because you can run Ronda out there one more time. She's beat Misha Tate before. I mean, they do the same thing with Brock Lesnar. That's just a hunch. That's just me talking. But I think that's I a mean, hunch, Ra- Frank. Rousey that's the smartest can, thing you've said yeah. this year. Rousey can get a win, go out on a win, and. Misha Me, wants a win too. Misha Tate and Ronda Rousey can just both make a bunch of money off a quick. They fight can make like some that. money, and they, I think it's a, I think it's a coin flip, man. Misha, she was falling off at the end, but you got to remember UFC 200. She fought for a world title. She lost her world title just not that long ago. Then she had one bad. And I actually I watched an interview with her a couple days ago, and she the guy goes, "When did you know that you were you know you were done?" And she said, "Halfway through that my last fight." And he was like, like laughed. And she's like, no, I'm well, serious. Her nose is broken. She no, was getting She was like, Nunez? no, literally halfway through the fight. No, she, the Ra- uh, Raquel Pennington. The Pennington, oh. yeah. She goes, halfway through, I'm not joking, halfway through the fight, I realized this isn't for me anymore. I just don't want to get into a fist fight. With that being said, I still think there's a sneaking thing that when she looks at Rousey, especially now, thinks I could take her 
and I think she wants to make some money and beat her up. I think they want to go. I think they might go at it one day. That's that's my little sneak hunch. But um, yeah, UFC man, it was exciting. I was really pumped about that card. I'm yeah, still UFC's over been it. killing. It. I mean, allegedly, a couple fights coming up aren't that good mm-hmm. to sell cards or whatever. But they've been killing it lately. I'm glad we got back into it. Yeah, there'll be more to come. Come with that, but we'll we'll get there. And uh, I believe Joe Joe missed the fights. That's why he's been a little silent. But I believe this is Joe. Your time to shine. What's up with the wings? Did they blow out the Kings last night or, or a couple nights ago or what? Yeah, so uh, talk about you the got Red two wings. minutes. Give them four. I'm yeah. fucking with you, man. We'll double it. Take your time. Talk about the Red Wings. There's Red Wings fans out there. DetroitRedWings.com. Go ahead. No, I think uh, before I get to the LA game, I want to start with the Centennial Classic because I mean, obviously, that's probably our biggest game of the year. Seeing as we're, we're probably not going to make the playoff. Um, <laughs> Good, good game. You know, I, I think the jerseys look sick. Uh, you know, we were playing pretty well, I thought, for through two periods. Mantha, Mantha put in a, a pretty good one on a, a feed from Zetterberg. And uh, we're up one nothing going to the third. Uh, going to the third, and, and a, a thing that's kind of tend to happen this year for the Red Wings, and I think it was probably the – it was probably like the big poster board example of why we're having the year we're having is for about three to four minutes, our team tends to become unraveled. And and off off uh, Toronto went scoring four goals in, in about you know three three to five minutes there at the beginning of the period, and then there we are down four to one throughout the rest of the third period, and then uh, and then and then near the end of the game, um, which can kind of give you some hope for the future, is our young guys kind of started to take take back over for us. So Mantha had a good feed to Erickson, he puts it in, um, then Larkin Larkin with a great pass from Zetterberg uh, scores. And then with 1.1 seconds left, Mantha puts it in, and uh, it was a pretty exciting finish to the game. Uh, they put it up. They put it up for review um, after the Mantha goal because Vanek kind of fell over the goalie, but he got he got shoved in, so there's nothing he could really do. And the, the, the puck was in the net before the goalie uh, was collapsed on. So sure. it counted. <laughs> it, it counted, and then uh, and then in overtime there, uh, the, the the big guy Austin Matthews he, he put one in. It was a it was a tough shot to give up. I think. Uh, it's kind of a circus goal, but uh, you know, um, there, there, there's the there's a Centennial Classic for you. Um, went to Anaheim uh, Wednesday night, and we got shut out two nothing. Uh, kind of kind of a brutal game there. Um, and Anaheim Anaheim's a pretty good team. They're, they're losing some production from up front. They got this Raquel kid who's who's playing pretty good, but I mean overall Anaheim's still a really good team. It's tough to play their defense. They've been stocking up on defensemen for for a couple of years now, and their goal is pretty good. Um, and then we go to LA, and then we, we blow them out for nothing. So that, that was that was huge because the last time LA came to the Joe, they kind of pushed us around, and uh, and now here we are up for you know winning for nothing in LA on a back to back night where we were supposed to be the tired team, uh, and, and you had a pretty good game from Athens to He had three points. Uh, Vanek had two goals, and and Mantha had another goal. So. Uh, Mantha's on a hot streak. Vanek's playing well. Athenasi was struggling, and then he, he came out with a, a kind of a coming out party, and uh, and, and kind of like a, un, I don't know, like no one really ever tracks assists, but Zetterberg's got an ungodly amount of assists right now, so he's still producing. Uh, he's still a leader out there, which is nice to see. But like you know, like I already said, I think we're gonna be sellers at the trade deadline, guys. Can I ask you a question, Joe? First of yeah, all, first of all, I want to commend you on your brilliance of the Red Wings, despite their adversity and the bad season, you just come, I mean, I put a quarter in you, I say DetroitRedWings.com, and you just, you just spit out all the stats, and you just break it all down, and 
good. That's a good, true fan job by you, and it's also intelligent. So I commend you. Not for that. only that, I don't get how they can be positive when they're two points. And he still finds a way to be positive. The question I was going to ask, though, and I just wanted to give you daps for that. That's that's brilliant. But the question I have is, where are we in the playoff picture? Is there a chance? I mean, what what's for the fans? What's going on? Like, where? Because I'm tuned out, dude. I'm not gonna lie. So, so, so here's here's what's happening, man. You you, you got to come to reality. You gotta you gotta face it. And I, how many games have been played? Jerry asked how how it could be positive. I mean, here's here's a positive way of looking at it. Like, we have have, 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 I just were five points out of the playoffs. I didn't mean to ask you. Like okay, how you're you positive. I meant no cat fights. Let me talk about. I was trying to compliment you, Joe. All right, let him go. Let him go. Go ahead. So, so here, here's here's a way uh, I kind of look at it in a positive manner. We 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 shit the bed this season. There's some there's some killer prospects and like the you know the one through five. You got to figure our chances now. It, it's not like it's not like in football where you kind of end up where you end up at the end of the season. There's a lottery, so we you know our chances are a lot better at getting the number one number two overall pick. And like I said before, the trade deadline we're sellers. We get more picks for those guys. There's some teams that want to make a push in the playoffs. They'd be willing to take a couple guys from our team and give it up their their late first round pick. Next thing you know, we got two first round picks. That could be a fun draft for us. And then two, you got young guys like Larkin, Mantha, Athanasiu. We make some trades and unload some dudes. You got Pertuzzi coming back up. It'd be fun to watch him. So, it, it, I mean, really at this point, I'm just watching the young guys play. I think Xavier Olet's been playing really, really well. And, uh, and it's fun just to see them and kind of like this is a year to like, you know, watch them have some individual accomplishments. You know what I mean? Like it's it's not so much, you know, sitting there being like, oh, man, if the Rings don't win this game, I'm going to lose my shit. You know what I mean? Like if they lose, I'm like, well, you know what? Now we have a better chance of getting the top overall pick. And Nolan Patrick, I, I Frank, I sent you some highlights of the dude. Yep. There, there's there's four prospects. I can't remember who said it. I think it was, I think it was that uh, Bob McKenzie. He's like a big – he's basically like the uh, – like the Kuiper and uh, whatever that other name is. McShay. Yeah, McShay. Those, those two dudes when they were sucking each other the, off. The Bromo. Uh, All right. Yeah. Well, you know, those those two guys, it, that's basically what Bob McKenzie is for the, the NHL. Um, he, he said there's four dudes that are going to really pan out as top picks. There's four centers that are going to pan out as top picks and, and be successful in the NHL. Uh, it was Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews. Uh, damn it. Who's the third one? And regardless, Jack Eichel. Was, oh yeah, Jack Eichel. Sorry. Good job. So Jack Eichel, and then the fourth one was Nolan Patrick. And Nolan Patrick, I mean, he's big. Uh, the dude's a scoring machine. And man, oh man, do we have a scoring issue on this team? Uh, I think the whole know, town knows that, Joe. <laughs> yeah, it'd be it'd be great. It'd be great to like get uh, a guy like him. Um, you know, you know, in the draft, and then and then the second overall pick. If we get that, there's a defenseman out in Sweden right now who is just like he, he's like he's like a Swedish Drew Doughty. Um, he, he looks pretty good too. So you can't go wrong how with many, number one or number two. How many two. games have we played? Too many. How many games? Thirty nine. There's been only thirty nine games, so it's over before the halfway point. Yeah, man, we're I mean, two points gotta, out of last in the East. We're two points out of last in the East, and there's some and five points some, out of second in our division. There's some abysmal teams out west, or we'd probably be at the bottom. Correct. Yeah, so the I mean, yeah, God, Arizona and Colorado are just way down there. Like below we're like ten points. points. Yeah, they're twenty, yeah. twenty-seven, I think. Okay. Yeah, the Avalanche are just so, so bad. It's so it's crazy. over basically before the halfway point, which is sad. But you still find a way to make it positive, and you're breaking down guys from Sweden and uh, 
draft picks, and that's good. And there's pass. There, there is light out there, but it's gonna take. It's gonna take this year as a sacrifice. I think we need right? to take this as a lesson. The way Joe can be positive about such just a. It's a sacrificial lamb fire. season. We should take that into our everyday life and be positive when things are rough. Well, the one question I have, I know we're we're not gonna beat this dead horse, but the one question I wanted to ask Joe is who, who would we. Uh, who would they want that we would be willing to give up to make a playoff push, as you put it? Who? who? So, so kind of reading through the rumors online, um, they're looking at at Vanek because he's having a bounce back year. Yeah, he can uh, go away. Don't don't forget his, his points don't necessarily show it, but don't forget he missed a lot of games at the beginning of the year. He got hurt. So if he, if he's in those games, I can't forget something producing. I didn't know. <laughs> um, That's true. Uh, Miller as a role player. Uh, penalty killer, Drew Miller, guy. Yeah, um, yeah, they can have him. So, so think, think a I box mean, of Cheerios for Drew Miller. Hang on, Gerard. Uh, him or Ott as role players, like in a package deal. Uh, the the two big ones would be Smith and Bannock. Yeah, they can have all everyone you just named. They can have for a first a late first rounder. I, I take that. Smith Smith. Uh, he hasn't had necessarily a bad year. He's just been hurt. I think Not this to mention we got to find a new Smith's coach. There's a bunch of Brendan's or there's a bunch of Smiths out there, man. What Brent, shitty Brent, defensemen Brent. who never pan out? Brent. Yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of Brendan Smiths. We can we can find another one. Yeah, this this year uh, he's not some shine piece. Yeah, he he didn't, he didn't necessarily pan out. You know, we we draft him as a first first round pick, but uh, you know, thank he, you, Ken. He, uh, I wish my computer was still that I had at college. All the Facebook messages Joey sent me from like when I was a senior. I think he was in Hawaii and he didn't have access to the phone he would just brennan smith bro is the truth dude there's many mites out there in sweden that joe's scouting okay riley shahan's the truth oh my god riley shan man we gotta figure, figure out a way to get rid of him man he uh he, he kind of just like shit the bed on us oh huh? he, he looked he looked like he was a good dependable third line center you know played played well defensively but uh this year i mean he's just not doing anything offensively he he isn't doing much defensively either. I don't know how he is in the face-off circle, but the, the guy just doesn't even have a pulse, man. It's time to kind of... So the Red Wings suck. <laughs> Speaking of things well, that suck, the national media, Todd McShay has Jabril Piper's going five overall on his big board because like he has some... He goes to the signing with the Stars at Michigan and like everybody else clearly says like he's an addition piece, like end of the first round, beginning of the second. And Ty McShay hasn't listed at five. That's why we had to create this podcast to talk about real sports. You know what I'm saying? Bullshit like that. Speaking of signing of the stars, Michigan will be doing another signing of the stars event this year. Great. Michael Michael Jordan will be there. Not win another big 10 title. Okay. We're not going to do. We've done an hour and 20 minutes over an hour. We're not going to start getting into this crap. All right. Just we'll save it for another day. We had yeah. a great show. We gave... The Pistons blow on a side note. Yeah, okay. Well, that's good. I think it's time to pay some bills. Yep. So Before we pay the bills, I like to, uh, I know you're listening. Uh, Frank's dad, he was on the show. He gave us a four-channel. We can split up our headphones now so we can have different volumes. So when Tony screams, I can turn him down. Oh, yeah. Just Shout for out me. Johnny Walker. He got Frank a professional. The microphone probably cost more than the rest of our setup since we bought it mostly used. Uh, no more popping peas for Frank. I'm going to try to... Get it. Oh, I should just buy a pop filter, but Frank's day came through in the clutch for Christmas. Thank you. That, yeah, thanks, pops. And also, I want to, now that you reminded me, I want to give a shout out. We have a new, uh, a new mark, a new fan. Uh, shout out to Aaron Lazinski, quarterback, uh, good guy. He he reached out. He listened to six hours and caught up on the podcast uh, the other day. New fan, Lazinski, you're the man. I haven't seen you in a while, but you'll be a guest one day. We'll talk some football. 
hopefully when the Lions win the, uh, this playoff game, maybe next week or the week after. With this new mic, now we have a permanent guest seat. Yeah, we got a guest seat for you. Uh, shout out to all the fans, for that matter, um, that listened to us, and, and now we can pay the bills. Go yeah, thank go. you to the fans. Keep telling your friends, though. We're getting you one by one. We're but... getting them, man. There's real fans out there, man. But they, uh, they're, yeah, yeah. you know, they're they're but... getting growing every week, man. They're they're really we, and we haven't had to threaten anybody's family or anything like that yet. So I mean, I think we're doing good. Sure, pay the bills. Tell your friends. <laughs> Tell your friends. Pay the bills. All right. So yes, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com/slash/revolutionarysportsfront, twitter.com/slash/rsfpodcast. I mean, the website's revolutionarysportsfront.com. Email the show directly at revolutionarysportsfront at gmail.com. I knew it was coming. I could hear him rip it off. I know. I heard. I, that's why I was waiting for a second. I could, I could hear the show notebook this in the guys. background. I was like, I'm, I'm excited. I can't wait to see kind of cook ball out. Hopefully. Pay the bills. All right. So thank you for listening, and thank you for being a part of the sports revolution. Adios, amigos. Woo.